I tweeted a picture of him where, like, I'm not going to lie, he looks good. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I just captioned it with, I hate myself. Like, (laughs) okay, I want to, I want to decode it if I can. I could just, like, please, please. Is is it the fact that, like, because I I saw the the congressional testimony. So did I. Is it, is it, is it the fact that, like, He's very confident and he's very like man of few words really. Like like he, he he's unafraid. He and yes. he's okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Seamus, you hit the nail on the head. It's that like sort of like um you know, just like a satanic level of of confidence in your ability to like <laughs> own your own evil. Uh, <laughs> and he has like really beautiful salt and pepper hair like <laughs> i i will say he does have like the traditional if, if if i had to like train an algorithm on like what a traditional military leader yes. would look like that is ollie north i can see it from that perspective sure <laughs> okay i just I, like just like no take that piece of information with you and then like never never let it inform how you feel about me <laughs> or, or always let it inform how you feel about her no. you know <laughs> you know what you, the heart wants what the heart wants i'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna not, argue with it clear, it's not coming from my heart it's not shame it's not a heart it's part. not a heart it's, thing no <laughs> it's a part you don't want to address you can't understand it nobody does okay all right it's right right purely right. physiological and maybe like lizard brain yeah stuff. totally that's like <laughs> When, when this prompt went out, by the way, I had to, I, I tweeted mine out, but only to my circle uh, because I knew it would get me in I trouble. am unafraid. <laughs> I mean, sorry, this might take us down a road that, and who knows if this will make it into the final episode because I, when I did, I was like, it's like. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, this part can't go on. <laughs> We're, we're sitting here talking about, Jeez. like, the intricacies of, like, my just, like, maybe wanting to have sex with Ollie North. And you are saying... And I posted this and, like, I'm not going to name any names on here because I don't want to get any mutuals in trouble. Like, you I'm got gonna, a lot of vouchers. I'm going to take the... You the got a lot of vouchers. 100, like, I, I posted it. I let it live online in the circle for a couple hours. And then I got, like, multiple messages from people who were like, no, 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 don't don't delete it. You're right. Like, <laughs> like I, I agree with you. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Seamus. <laughs> I I've been trying to be more understanding. Don't um, don't be in my in my life. <laughs> don't so be. Gonna, this is a I'm bad way to start slide. the episode. Now Seamus I, is going to log off before we even try to talk about the movie. It's a it's a it's a charismatic demagoguery. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a it's a, it's a thing. It's a it's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's a oh it's a my wazzy. god. <laughs> um, that's yeah. that's what uh, you know. All the political cartoonists, all the the like right wing freaks, are getting at when they like draw this sort of like roided out, like this like bodybuilder version of Trump, right? Like they're mm-hmm. taking his like charismatic, goofy demagoguery, but they're like, no, that also means that he's the shape of Arnold and pumping iron. Yeah. Yes. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually the subject of of this film that we're discussing. Oh, what uh, a good segue! Today. What a great segue, what a Seamus. Pro. Oh my gosh. What a fucking pro. Let's uh... <laughs> All right. Let's let's officially start it then. Welcome back, friends. Hit Factory here. My name is Aaron. My name is Carly. And today we are blessed to be joined by writer and journalist 
Seamus Malakavzali. Seamus, welcome to Hit Factory. Uh, it's an it's an honor to be on this uh, illustrious program. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to get into uh, this film. Yes, and the film in question today is uh, 1996's Eraser, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of his last uh, really successful action vehicles of this mode. He would do, I think, one more of this kind of ilk in the 90s. He had a few at the beginning of, of the next century. Uh, and then he became a political figure himself. He became our governor, our governor here in, in this beautiful state of California. If not for the bylaws, for the rules uh, of the presidency, I imagine he would also probably be a fifth term sitting president right now, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah tried to pass a law that would allow um, non-American born uh, citizens to run, widely suspected to be for Schwarzenegger's uh, future run himself. Didn't obviously come to pass, and now we are living in the ashes of that uh, that decision. Right, <laughs> we are the the fifth Terminator sequel version of our reality. Yeah, yes. yeah instead <laughs> instead of the fifth term. Oh Which God. one is the fifth term? Is that Genesis? Is that the one? Right. I think I think that's what it's called. I think it's called Genesis. No, okay. no, no. There's a new one. Uh, well, because because there's been so many different sequels of this one, I can't remember. Because there was T three, then there was Salvation. Then there right. was, I think, Genesis, and then there was Dark Fate. I think Dark, is there Dark any other Fate one is the one. Dark Fate. Dark Fate's yeah. the one with uh, Mackenzie Davis oh. as a very helpful Terminator. Yes. Okay. One. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Arnold's in that one too. I think they're both in that one. Good yes, the only one he isn't in, I remember, he is not in Salvation. There is a CGI version of him in Salvation. He was not consulted yeah, for. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yes, he was too busy with his political career at that. He point. He was. He has a, a fun cameo in. Uh, I guess it's not really a cameo because he's in T three, but he's in T three, and then he has like a secondary character that he plays because the timelines are, are merging. Love timeline shit. And so yeah, so there's like a deleted scene where you find out that like the the Terminator robot is designed after this military leader from like our current era from like like the the early 2000s and he plays that guy and he plays that guy cool but he has a like preposterous like aw shucks southern accent but he's like hi my name is and he's like talking like that it's not him doing the voice it's oh. like someone doing adr but oh okay i was uh, like there's no way he could pull that off no he he does not pull it off it's somebody else doing it over him mouthing the words but uh yeah, so now we just have all of these these relics of a, a bygone era of better Terminator movies. A couple of hits here and there. I I love Sabotage, David Ayer Sabotage from twenty fourteen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was really I think you know after Arnold's heyday, the early nineties, where he had a string of successes, uh, working with his collaborator James Cameron, T two, put him on top of the world, so to speak. Uh, and then we had True Lies as well. Are you a True Lies fan, Seamus? I'm sorry to say, I'm not a fan of True Lies. It didn't work for me. Um, That's all right. I, <laughs> That's okay. I, There's a I, lot in there that could potentially not work. 
I will say, I will say it is the only time in which I have said to myself, wow, I really like what Tom Arnold is doing here. <laughs> like, he does <laughs> really... He's good in it. You're right. He's he really does really he's, well in it. Um, he's, he is, he's doing a really good job in that movie. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 just one thing. I am kind of surprised that there is still no, like, Blu-ray of, of True Lies. Like, you have to see a 35 yeah. millimeter print of it. Yes. If it, you want to see it. It may yeah. never happen. It's like all those Lightstorm movies from that era are just like sealed away. I think Cameron like wants to continue to own the rights to it for theatrical purposes and what have you. But like The Abyss, non-existent. The Abyss. Uh, Strange Days, Catherine Bigelow's movie that she produced with Lightstorm also like more or less non-existent. Like it just found its way to HBO Max like six months ago, mm-hmm. eight months ago or something. But before that, completely unavailable. Um, so yeah, it, there's just something weird about like the, the control over there, those between Cameron and Fox and some, I know that the way that I had to see it in HD on my end was I think somebody uploaded a, like f- a full scan of the print that they themselves did. Oh, wow. Millimeter oh, print. That's how I was able to see it <laughs> though. They did show it at the Cinematheque Francaise, um, which is a, a couple neighborhoods over from me. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you you, you find ways. You, you do. Know, you, you find you find ways uh, to to watch all these all these classics. He works for a secret government agency. He answers to no one. called in when time has run out to save your life he must eliminate every trace of your existence a body may be found but it won't be yours because to protect your future he will erase your past Schwarzenegger. Relax. You've been erased. Eraser. Well, in terms of Eraser, Seamus, how did you first see this film? Where, when did you first come to it, and uh, and what were your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, I was coming back from a trip to Lebanon, and I was on a, a, a discount uh, airliner. No, no TV screens to be seen, so I I was on an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Like like I was watching a lot of those movies, and I, I needed something. Saw that Eraser was like one of the ones I hadn't seen yet. Kind of had a low rating on Letterboxd, but I figured, eh, I like Schwarzenegger. He'll give me something passable. And I find myself over the course of, of watching this that, wow, this is actually really good um, in a <laughs> way that I did not anticipate like at all. Um, like it, it's got all these stylistic flourishes, like... I had been I had been waiting so long for something that made me feel the energy of uh, of Total Recall, 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a very difficult to describe, but it's this combination of just like fast pace, uh, absurdity, uh, uh, a certain kind of score as well yes. uh, uh, with music. Um, the the barely veiled anger that is at the heart of like every acting performance, it just like explodes. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the viscera, the, the, the sound design, like everything... It's such a, a perfectly calibrated beast in Total Recall, and it's so hard to like find that again. And I mean, Racer is a is a perfect film, but it, it hits so many of those marks. And like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to like talk to somebody about this. <laughs> and so I I do something that I I never do because I, I think it's I think it's typically it's pretty rude. But I, I messaged Aaron and I was like, hey, I know that your podcast deals with this. Can I please come on and talk about this movie? Oh, no, we it's were, like the yeah. coolest thing you've ever done. No, we James. were glad oh, that you did, God, actually. I'm so glad it was, you did it. Uh, it was nice to hear from you, honestly. I, I know that we've got a, a mutual friend in uh, Hard Mike who's been on our show before. Oh, of course. We love Hard Mike. We love Hard Mike. <laughs> Shout out to Hard Mike. Uh, and I remember him at one point being like, hey, I've got, I've got this friend. He's really in a silent cinema. I, I, he's kind of getting into Clint Eastwood right now, but I, I want him to come on. Maybe we can come on the show and like talk about Clint with you. And I was like, is it Seamus? <laughs> and he said, yes, <laughs> it is Seamus. And I was like, okay, yeah, bring him on. Let's, let's right. have him on the show. But but then you preemptively yes. uh, reached out uh, and, and here we are now. My attitude towards Clint Eastwood, it might have been risky. You know, I have not been liking his, his most recent films. I wanted something that, you know, we all, we all agreed was, was solid. I think this was a solid selection. Seems to have turned out that way. This movie is like perfect for us to talk about. Like (laughs) it's for all the reasons you said. And because there's like an insane amount of like talk about unveiled, like unveiled. I don't even want to call it propaganda. It's like it's like these these nuggets of like headlines that existed at the time that are just Mm -hmm. instead coming out of people's mouths like (laughs) like just matter of factly it's it's a very interesting artifact of like the political landscape at the time and sort of like the 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 myriad like perspectives of 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 like tension and infighting that existed within the american government and sort of like how those were presented as like hierarchies of moral good to the american people like who who's who's the least corrupt in the American government and and like what what are the good who are the actual good guys and like you know what are their aims and who are they who are they partnered with versus like the bad guys there's just like a lot of complicated stuff in this movie about that and I love that it is like also like a total romp to watch yes <laughs> it's it's kind of this remarkable combination of pure cynicism but also like it's a it's a it's a very specific kind of liberalism that i think really gained prominence in their 2000s were like you're really behind the democrats you're really uh in favor of john Kerry, but also secretly if you could you would love to like kill george bush yeah. If you could <laughs> like, like those, like those kinds of people really yes. aren't present anymore, but back in the early 2000s, they were, they were, they were much more popular yes. and you can, you can really tell like, this is Chuck Russell doing Iran Contra, how it should have gone down. 
Like yes. don't don't yeah. bring Ollie North, don't bring all of these, you know, government military industrial complex fat cats out there. They get pardoned. None of that. You corner them. You you put them in front of in front of a fucking train and you just blow them up. Like like I I don't even care. They're 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 awful. Like that sort of it's it's very like your liberal dad like on the couch. You're watching the news and he's just kind of like rattling it off like what they should do. It's it's yes. a really it's a really um, unique kind of mood. It's um, it's the Mark yeah. Wahlberg 9/11 bit in the interview where he's like if i had been there it would have gone down different and that's what chuck chuck russell is doing here where it's like i i I see the writing on the wall i saw the writing on the wall and i knew what they should have done with those sons of bitches they should have erased them they should have well what i love about what you're saying seamus is that it is demonstrative of something that is deeply american and deeply liberal uh, American, which is that there is this posture of, um, you know, fetishizing above all else, sort of like rules and manners and protocol, right? Like liberals love that shit. They hide behind it all the time. It is the like thing that holds society together. But what they actually believe is deeply American is the right to act extrajudicially and like and like take things into your own hands. So there's this veneer of like protocol that exists as like the the kind of like ultimate um, moral salve for all that ails us. And then beneath that is this urge and like ultimately I think core tenet that like we as Americans uh, can and should take things into our own hands when any bad guy, even if it is, you know, actors within the American government, um, are, are going rogue and need to be, need to be handled. Yeah. I, I think of specifically, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think specifically about the scene on the plane where James Kahn, uh, is explaining very matter of factly, like, you know, Vietnam, we lost the Gulf war. We won. But he's not making any sort of statement. He's just saying, like, no, it just happens that way. What you've got to make sure is that the right people get paid. And Schwarzenegger, you know, ostensibly he's enforcing the rules when he tells them that's not how it works. Um, But how does he go about it? He can't utilize the system as as it exists. He has to go outside of it. And outside of it means literally going outside the plane uh, and then uh, landing in Central Park Zoo and shooting Insane. an alligator. <laughs> I was hooting and hollering. That, I mean, that, like... that stretch of like the midpoint of the movie is like the strongest part of it. We were we were watching this movie and, you know, we, we started it pretty late uh, earlier this week and kind of, you know, dozed off. Carly before me and she's like how much do we have left I'm like like an hour and she's like oh that's a lot of movie left and I was like no 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 this is when it starts getting good is like <laughs> I mean you were right when, when once he's on the plane is actually like I, I was I was very impressed that it just it picked up momentum significantly here yeah I it, it's so there are so many like personally 
even though I love the the zoo shootout, the fact that there's even a zoo shootout at all, <laughs> right. but yeah. it is kind of unnecessary to the to the the plot at all. But there's just so many like set pieces, like yeah. one after the other, and I I I remember like my the most favorite moment that I I felt was when Arnold gets out, he's in the parachute and Khan goes into the cockpit and is like, you know, we have to go catch up with this guy. I thought naively, oh, they're going to they're going to land the plane somewhere and then they're going to travel on foot. But he's just like, we have to change course. No. <laughs> <laughs> he literally turns the a literal u-turn shaman a u-turn a u-turn and he's and you realize with arnold on screen because you see the reaction shots like oh he's gonna try to run arnold with a plane mid-air and it's just oh thank you for actually like like pushing through with this yes like like not being afraid of just going a hog wild with it every single moment that you can I, I really appreciate that so much yeah it's like we always say this on this show and so it's a tired refrain but that doesn't make it any less true which is that like even in movies that are you know not like the best right there's still like a commitment to them. Like yeah. there is like an intentionality to like making it be a movie. Like the reason a movie exists is so you can have like people in preposterous situations and in these outlandish like um, arenas, like the central park zoo or like midair, like, you know, collisions or whatever, like movies are here so that like we get to see those things play out. And like, I just love when a film and this happens so much more in the nineties when a film is like, yeah, like we're, we're just going to do all those things. We're going to like build these like incredible sets. We're going to like have all of these like outlandish stunts happening. There's like, dialogue that like probably doesn't work but it doesn't really matter and like that's like like that's what I want to see I, I fucking want to see that shit and that's why like movies are around and like also you know they like make political statements and sometimes can be like antagonistic towards like structures of power and all those important things but ultimately at the end of the day like I, sometimes I just want to watch eraser or whatever the fuck i think the best exemplification of what you're talking about is like the scene where also i don't know do we have to explain the, the plot outline at some point or or do you we just, we just roll why with you, it why don't you give it a shot give it a quick a quick little okay okay because <laughs> I, I i don't want to i don't know if anyone's listening to this that just doesn't know anything that's happening um so there's a there's a weapons contractor i think it's called cyrez right mm -hmm. right yeah um they're uh, creating an electromagnetic weapon um, that the FBI is concerned is being sold to the black market. And then um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is in the witness protection, who is the an agent in the witness protection program, has to protect a witness in that case. And just yeah, it go, goes from there. But I'm, I'm thinking in particular about that that scene. Um, with uh, James Cromwell, yep, uh, 
one of the best single seat performances incredible yeah. I've, oh, I've so ever good. seen. I'm glad it's you're bringing so, this one up. It's so it's it's like what made it feel like Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven esque. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. This one. Yeah, Crom and Crom. Yeah, Cromwell. There's 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 one way to play this scene, right? The most basic <laughs> thing where you have a movie that you have to do and you have to go through it. And Cromwell's on set. It's like okay, fine, we'll we'll do it. How do you how do you how do you say these lines? Oh, what's this? A, a camera? It's like you know we we make weapons or can you deliver it? Can you just have a carte blanche to just to just to just go insane with every delivery and just like like sell it like what's this? A camera? We make weapons here. And then just like throwing, like waving <laughs> guns and, and saying, you made me do this. <laughs> ah! <laughs> like just wailing for no reason. <laughs> and, and like, like, and the, and the, the, I remember seeing a clip of this go around Twitter yeah. uh, before I even saw this, where he shoots himself. And the way Chuck Russell has shot it, is that he doesn't go the traditional route of just like having the glass break behind him, like like Shawshank Redemption style. Right. He adds in the the single simple addition of having a fan blowing on it and the sound design that sounds like a like a, like a cannonball yes. being fired. It's it it's like he shot himself in outer space. Yes. And yes. he's just blown out the window on the International Space Station. Right. Yes. And it's the coolest. Fucking thing it, I've ever seen. It's it fucking so, rules. It's so impactful. <laughs> yeah, like it literally like feels like he like breached like a pressurized cabin. Yes. And it's just like it, it's a moment that you're already kind of gearing up for as being pretty visceral, right? Like a guy's putting a gun in his mouth. Yeah. And then it goes ten notches above what you think it's going to do. You see the blood splatter, you see the glass break, 8, and then thousand pages of paper just like turning a tornado in the room and... where is the paper coming from where Nobody's is all of clear. that paper coming from no, it, and you're right this is the moment for me you know like having read already you tease this as having some kind of like verhoven elements stylistically that was the moment where i was like oh i i see what seamus means here like it's like so uh, profoundly over the top that it's almost like subversive right like it, yeah. it's it's such a kind of like uh, reversal of the expectation, even though everything plays out basically exactly how we would perceive it to. Like, there's no, you know, magic bullet trick or anything here. It it just is this very heightened, almost surrealistic kind of expression of violence. It's a showcase of what a director can bring to a film that they didn't conceive of themselves. Right. Like, like most of the lines here are pretty standard, but it's the way that Russell gives his direction in in all this thing and all and all aspects of the film that that elevates it uh, above what it what it possibly could be under a different director. In which case, it becomes an entirely um, you know meaningless piece of of trash. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is very much in line with the kind of thing. It's a little bit different. It's 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 more muted than some of Chuck Russell's other uh, cinematic ventures. He is responsible for the 1988 uh, update, reboot, 
uh, remake, if you will, of The Blob. Have you ever seen his version of The Blob, Seamus? Yes, I love uh, his version of The Blob. Um, Frank Darabont wrote that one, correct? Correct. And, and yeah. Frank Darabont apparently did some uncredited passes on this script as well. Ooh. As as did John Milius uh, as a favor to Schwarzenegger, apparently, because his hands are on basically everything Schwarzenegger touches through like, the 80s that. and 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like, he for whatever reason, like did all sorts of stuff like this and has like, you know, like as many uncredited rewrites as he does like actual credits to his name. Uh, But in the blob, you know, like that movie has a sort of like political subtext to it. It's about, you know, this kind of mainstay of like Midwest America in the 1980s, a very kind of like Reaganite political economy and sort of classic idea of what we would consider you know, mid-century Americanism kind of evolved. And you think that all of the good guys in this movie are going to be the normal kind of specters of authority. You think it's going to be the local sheriff. You think it's going to be the handsome quarterback. You think it's going to be, uh, you know, all of these kinds of folks. And they're the ones who get offed the quickest in the movie. Like the, 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 the first really expressive, like showstopper kill in the movie is like, the handsome quarterback, every man, good guy, just getting his brains ripped out through his throat, uh, you know, and and this to me is in line with that. It's not quite as like holy shit as that moment is, but it it feels very much cut from the same cloth and, and in the same kind of realm that Russell likes to play in, which is I'm going to give you something that you're sort of expecting and play this straight up to a point, and then I'm just gonna turn on a dime and, and really give you something outrageous here and cartoonish to enjoy. Yeah. I, I think of particular, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of two things, one from the blob, one for one from this, like, yeah, nothing in the in eraser is as, as horrifying as like, um, like the, the sewer chase where yeah. you literally see a, like a child get melted by a blob. I'm yes. still freaked <laughs> out by that. Um, but yeah, like I love how in Eraser every death is both inconsequential, but also just way crazier than it, it yes. needs to be. Um, Dale, the the ex boyfriend uh, yes. in particular, who oh my God. you you can tell you can tell like in the script, like it's really strange that apparently they broke it up, but also he's in her house. Just, uh, just in like, her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, they don't do that. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's, he's 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 just hanging out, and then you know they're bringing out the electromagnetic rifles. Which side note, cool as hell. Fucking uh, very cool, cool. as hell. Cool. <sighs> they're, they're like they're complex, and like the sounds that you hear when they're setting up, and the, and the green, and all the oh my god, it feels powerful. Yes, and then you see that. When Tail gets hit by one shot of these things, and he gets thrown so far back into the wall that it crumples like like dried clay, and he <laughs> looks like his body is about to fall apart the second it hits the ground. Yes, like it's so crazy. It is. Uh, um, <laughs> it's so it's so it's so good, and like. I, there are so many other moments here where, like, I mean, it's ridiculous that it's absurd, but also just he he really knows how to emphasize something looking extremely painful. 
um, uh, when uh, Khan in the in the in the finale, yes. he gets dropped off of uh, uh, the the shipping container, and he doesn't like like uh, like explode or anything, but he he hits the container and then he falls off of it, and it 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 looks legitimately painful. It does. Like, it looks like he's been. <laughs> Like really severely hurt in a really kind of uh, like like deeply felt way, and he's so good at that. I yeah, it's great all the way through. My God, I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I I feel like this is something that a lot of action movies like when you're when you see it done well, like it it it, it elevates the film beyond what like you know, even like a better script could do Um, because there is something like really enthralling about having the, the kind of body horror that exists in action films feel like tangible and, and like material. And, and you would think in a movie like this where things are so preposterous that like it couldn't possibly feel material and tangible, but it somehow does. And it like only makes the thrill of what you're watching that much more potent. I'm even thinking of like the, the sort of smaller injuries of like when people throughout the film, like variously gets, get stabbed. Like, like there were like a couple of moments where like, uh, James Caan like gets like a knife thrown at his arm cool, and like a cool like belt knife that like well it's a locks right into the buckle. Said, on what his, does he say? He's like it's a, a mail, a mail a order, mail piece, order of piece of shit. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we we get it. Um, he can NASA. differentiate the blades that he's been stabbed with. Anyway. Right, he's not, he's not impressed. He's like this shit was made in China. Um, but like the that that scene and then like there's another part where um. Arnold Schwarzenegger later in the film gets like a rod through his leg. And, like, it's oh yeah. Just, like so, so visceral. And like those, you know, those are like throwaway injuries, right? That like yeah. in any other film, like it could be like, all right, like, yeah, it, the guy gets hit with it. He pops right back up. But no, like the people actually like are like Arnold is like limping and he's like fucking bleeding, like, you know, out of one of his main arteries or whatever. Like, that's the stuff where I'm just like, he just like, he's committed. Chuck Russell is committed to like the, the violence and to the action and to like making this movie thrilling to watch, even if it's not coherent. We, I, I we were discussing all of this and I, I, I couldn't help but visualize like how, how much we appreciate these and how like Steven Seagal does his thing and how different it is. <laughs> and I'm imagining this movie with Steven Seagal at the helm of it and how differently it would play out. Yes. Oh God. I, I, I know this is a different tangent, but like, Please I don't tangent away. I don't get what the appeal of Steven Seagal was or is. I know that I'm not like, I was not around when he was I, I, like a theatrical movie star <laughs> the way you um, say that with, I'm, I'm, with I'm such sorry. incredulity <laughs> I, I i'm sorry like i i i i think the last the last one that he did that was theatrical was i think with tom Arnold too jesus um oh, you might be right about that yeah t- 2002 or, or something i don't know i i see um 
like above the law or um, uh, whatever the other ones are. And they all have three word titles like yeah. that, right? Above <laughs> they all, the law, they all out, blend for together. <laughs> out for justice. God. And they all kind of blend together in that Seagal. Uh, he gets hurt once, right? Oh, yeah. He has to have the animating moment that, that you know, but eventually he comes back even stronger. Um, but fundamentally, yeah. he doesn't. He, he, he is never in any sort of danger because he does, you know, Akido and he just, <laughs> the guy run every enemy runs at him and he trips them and there's no, there's no danger to it. He's um, like waves his hand and then like the guy is dead and you're like, okay. That was impressive. I like the, the flip, you know, it's, that's interesting, <laughs> but I think in most situations, I haven't had a fight with like a goon, but you know, they don't, I have a feeling that they would try different strategies other than running at you in a, they in a perfect situation they for you to play. They certainly would. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know what you're talking about? Like the kind of like, you know, accumulation of like injury and, you know, bodily harm over the course of things, even in this movie, you know, like you don't, you don't necessarily get it over the course of the whole film, but you do see Arnold take some pretty intense damage. You see his like hand get nailed to a fridge door. By you know, like a a projectile explosive at a certain point, you see, you know, the the like you said, the the metal piece go through his leg. He gets shot in the shoulder, and you know, is, it doesn't all flow necessarily like logically. You know, by the end, he's like holding on for dear life from like the arm he just got shot with. You know, whatever. But I think Russell does have some semblance of kind of like the evolution of Arnold as a character from like the '80s macho like invincible action stars into something that's trying to like comment on that and subvert it a little bit by this point in the nineties and letting him get a little bit more hurt than he does in some of those other films. Yeah. I'm thinking in particular, that's a good point. I, I think in particular about when he does the, um, the railgun akimbo thing where he's got the dual yes. wheel oh, yeah. stuff yes. like that in particular reminds me a lot of uh, commando. Uh-huh. The, yep. the thing, the things that he did here, where that movie is absolutely him, completely invincible, you know, derails an entire Latin American paramilitary force, no problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but in, yeah, he's doing similar-ish things here. He's doing covert action. He's he's um, saving uh, uh, people. He's um, doing similar things, but. There is the accumulation of, of injuries, if we can use that phrase again. Like it's not, there's, it's not perfect, but it, it's, it's, it's harkening back uh, in certain ways. To an extent, it almost feels like, because, you know, with, uh, with end of days after this, it, it is more of like a, a traditional Schwarzenegger vehicle, but it has like a supernatural element to it. And, and not to say that he's any stranger to, you know, the kind of like sci-fi leanings or, or any of those kind of more like fantastical realms. But this feels like the last like true cut and dry, like Schwarzenegger vehicle in the model that he set for himself with the movies that he was doing in the eighties. And it has, like I said, a little bit of self-awareness about it. Uh, but it, but it's still, like you said, the it has those commando moments. He even has like the gearing up moment where he's like throwing yeah. on, the tactical vest and putting the knife in the belt, but like that, that suiting up kind of moment that he has after he, you know, like arrives in the speedo on the beach in commando. So uh, there, there is, you know, some of that 
subversion going on here, but but ultimately it is like it's a model that wouldn't work for much longer in terms of of the format and the general formula of these sorts of movies. We've handled these types of situations before. You still haven't answered my question. We told you there'd be risks. You also told me I would be under complete protection the entire time. The operation didn't go as smoothly as we anticipated. I'd say that's an understatement. Remember, Miss Cullen, you came to us. You've done a great service for your country, Miss Cullen. Now it's time to think about your safety. This is U.S. Marshal John Kruger with the Witness Protection Program. He'll be handling your personal security. My protection? Your new identity, relocation. I'll take you through it step by step. What are you talking about? I'm not going anywhere. You're in an extremely high-risk situation, Miss Collin. That should have been explained to you. Your boss was just a middleman, Lee. There were other more dangerous people involved. So... You expect me to, what, give up my whole life over this? Just until the trial. And then you're going to be completely out of danger. And how do you know that, huh? How do you know anything? Miss Cullen... Now, look. I will keep up my end of the bargain. I will testify. But that's it. I'm going home. Who brought her into this? She volunteered. She had security clearance. We had a code to the vault, so... You told her it's a walk in the park. And she finds out that her life isn't her own anymore. It's too late. We had no case without her. Right. It's a lot easier to put her ass on the line than yours, isn't it? Can we talk about the positive Italian representation? Absolutely. Oh my God. We were just going to yes. get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 one of the parts that I rewatched, I, I took a special note of it because I think it's the only time in a movie that I can remember where Italian Americans save the day. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time that that happened? I, I it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's the a, mob yeah. is the good guys. The mob, yeah. Movie. They they honor their word. <laughs> they they are honorable. Um, they like they're I pro union. They're pro union. exactly. They 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 do pro union propaganda while they beat up the bad guys. Yes. Um, they're fighting off Russian capitalist uh, pig dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I appreciate it so much. Um, what's the name of the actor who plays Robert like, the main... Pastorelli? Robert Pastorelli. I remember. He fucking rules yeah, in this so movie. Good. He's so good. I from like the first moment, like you're you're thinking to yourself, this is the perfect representation of an Italian American man that yes. I've ever seen. He's so um, just clued in to what he needs to do at every single moment and he doesn't blow any of it um i do love in particular uh the part where they they reunite schwarzenegger and him reunite um uh, at the gay bar that he's been, mm-hmm. been placed into a little bit of protection <laughs> program and you yep. think you think that oh oh they're gonna do a whole uh, thing where he's he doesn't like being gay and uh, whatever, but there's an interesting subversion mm-hmm. where uh, he is not afraid of being gay necessarily. He's afraid of other people knowing that he's straight because yep. yes. he might upset them. And he yep. also seems to have a very positive 
healthy and caring gay relationship with the other bartender, Kevin. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Kevin's worried about him. These oh. are some shady characters that are talking to him. He's like, this guy, who's this, who's this tree trunk or whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I so appreciated that scene. Like, like, especially because Chuck Russell knows what we're thinking it's going to yeah. be. Right. And then yeah. like, does something totally different. And, and Robert Pastorelli plays it perfectly. And I also really appreciate too, that like, the sort of like insouciance that his character has is like the thing that allows us to understand that he is like a, a good person ultimately that he's not like he's not ultimately like a corrupt bad guy despite the fact that like in the beginning like you know we're sort of parsing out like who's bad who's not whatever what I do think is like slightly problematic about this film is the way that like it says like Witsec offers you like absolution <laughs> and <Yeah>. like uh <laughs> and that like a second chance at life. If you like literally the guy that's the priest. Right, like the, the born again <laughs> like, like priest who's in Witsec. Yeah. Like used to work for like the Colombian cartel or something. That, that, <laughs> like, that the, the portrayal of Witsec in general, I, I find so fascinating just because it's like, I mean, I've, I've never been a part of it. I, 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 I should say, I'm not speaking <laughs> from experience. Could you say so if you had? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a catch yeah, right? 22, isn't it? But <laughs> I, from what I understand, obviously there, there's protection that is doled out, but it seems more, more bureaucratic Whereas right. Witsec here is presented as like its own like CIA or MI6. Yes. Where they've yes. got all kinds of crazy gadgets and they have to stick. <laughs> I'm thinking of when I, when I rewatched this, I, 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 I thought about, I like, I, I really <laughs> internalized the fact that Schwarzenegger not only shows up at the right moment to take out the assassins, but also he is brought bodies from the morgue right in order to blow up this house (laughs) like you can't just like have them quietly leave no no No, you have have to to, death you you have to go all out and And, and james con just sort of goes like well you you did take bodies from the morgue buddy but good work when he's admonished for it he's like oh I, I learned from the best and you taught me to always <laughs> improvise when I'm in the field. It's like you got Witsec doesn't have field agents. You no, guys. Like, you don't, it's so you don't. hilarious. <laughs> also hilarious. improvise. Improvise. The man planned from the beginning to take those bodies. Come on. He really did. Oh God. I I also I should say, um, we should talk about James Conn in particular. Um yes. this man. He he's in the same vein, vein as De Niro or Pacino, where regardless of the material that he's given, he has like a baseline level of talent that he can't yep. Yep. go below. Yep. yep. Um, everybody else is kind of giving this very absurdist performance, but what really grounds the movie, I think, is Khan just delivering every line that he's been given. I totally believe every line yes. that he says is coming out of a real person, yeah. um, which is, it's, it's so good. Whatever, whatever, like um, the plain scene that I was, I, I mentioned earlier when he's, he's giving the spiel to Arnold, he's saying it so matter of factly and he's saying it with such clarity. You think, yeah, 
Yeah, you're right. You're right, James. Like, it, it, it's 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 a total crapshoot. We just got to figure out who's getting paid. He's really I mean, right. It makes sense coming out of his mouth, and it also like makes sense as like the driving ethos of like American, the American Imperial Project, right? It's not about like really winning or losing. It's about the market, yeah. and it's about like you know um, capital ascendancy he's just, and, he's and just the first in the line of you know a, a great many disaster capitalists of the late 90s and early 20th century so. yeah, yeah he's like smoking a cigarette like at the end of the movie and i'm like i just like love watching him smoke like it's just like so good and he's like holding it with his you know index finger and his thumb and he's like kind of spitting it out sideways the way that he does and like he's just like he's he is one of those people that like can't be bad in a movie, like no matter what he's doing, even when like some of the lines he's given, I was like, James, but to your point, like he is still delivering them in a way that feels like, okay, like I understand this character and I get that this is like a thing that he would say. Khan is not the only performer here that, I mean, I think about this cast in general, like, of course, you've got you've got Schwarzenegger, you've got Khan, you've got all these people, but also uh, Slattery yep. from from Slattery Mad Men yep. is yep. in here for, for a random moment. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Cromwell, obviously, as, as we mentioned, um, great um, performance uh, as the uh, the Undersecretary of of Defense. Um, I try to try to remember what what name he had. Uh, I want to say he was in. I remember reading that he was like the villain in a bunch of like beach movies back in the sixties <laughs> or something. And this Wait, is what, what he did now. Like, uh, hold on, Andy Romano. That's his name. I thought he was. Oh, I thought yeah, he was yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that that to me was like other than Cromwell, he had the perfect Verhoeven esque like. He's so angry all the time, yeah. and yeah. He ha- he'll let it out occasionally, and it's really scary. Yes. Um, no, it's a perfect. It is a perfect uh, uh, character actor uh, showcase. I think it's a really it's it's really wonderful, and also yeah. um, the how do we feel? I, I'm curious. How do we feel about um, uh, our, our female lead? Well, I was yeah. I was going to go there. You know that there's there's all these beautiful character actor performances from unbeautiful people, and then you've got like this insanely beautiful performer in Vanessa Williams, uh, who I personally thought was awful. She's, <laughs> she's, she's not. Good. She's. I mean, she. Oh, you I... know, it, it, you you get over it because you know what she's given to do is fairly limited, and she's there to look good and to you know play off of. Uh, Schwarzenegger but I, I don't feel like they have a ton of chemistry together it's very clear that they're like trying to like desexualize the nature of their like partnership in some ways I read that I guess she was like a, a personal friend of, of Maria Shriver's and she recommended her for the role so maybe there's that going on too that kind of like metatextual thing where it's like I can't kiss my wife's friend on on the right. on film you know <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know but but it, it didn't really work for me Seamus mm. I mean I I will give her credit. I, I I was fine with her. And I would say that when I found out that she was a former uh, Miss America pageant winner. Oh, that's like the my, thing that made her famous. Yeah. I thought my my opinion of her improved. It's like, 
oh, like she's actually like holding her own against all these stars while, while as she, she doesn't really have a, a ton of acting experience. I mean, I right. wouldn't have suspected that she was like a contest winner or, or something <laughs> like that based on this. Um, um, I know that that's rude, but like, no, it, totally. it, it, it is what it is. What it is. Um, this is, it's a, it's remarkably, it's a remarkably cohesive movie despite all of the potential like fisher points in which it could have it could have gone off the rails or or really failed in one aspect and i think that's a testament to to russell's uh talent yeah if i if i will say so yeah i agree with you and you're right i mean i think you're right to be generous to her given that she is you know in kind of a maelstrom of a film right there's just so much happening around her at all times um and that she uh hadn't done a ton of acting um and she's actually like in a lot of scenes where she has to do stunt work too like she obviously has like a body double but she's she is like hopping around and rolling around and like getting thrown off stuff like she's using her body in the film um and she does that i think uh to to good effect at least enough to to have it be believable nobody is every everybody wants to be there which i which i which i think <laughs> right. is critical yeah um nobody like khan for example might think that maybe like he's above the material that he's reading but he is not um he's not phoning it in no, as no, it were, he's, no, no. he's putting in the work. Everybody's putting in the work, and I know that that's kind of like a low <laughs> kind of bar to, to praise the movie for. But not for this kind of movie. Not, not for this kind of movie. Not for this yeah. kind of movie, and not anymore. Ah, um, but it's 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 what makes the movie works, and also it's what struck out. It's what stuck out to me the most when I uh, found out recently that uh, Eraser, this movie, uh, was rebooted recently. I did hear about this. Yes. What? Yeah, Eraser a, a, Reborn. Yeah. There's what? a there's a direct to video sequel to this. Was it was it 2019, 2020, Shane? 2022. 2022. Okay. It was so very like, really, recent. Really okay. What? Yeah. Uh but I, I guess it's it's available for streaming. It was direct to video. It was intended to be initially, I think, a sequel and then just became like a proper kind of like hard reboot of the series. Uh, I, I didn't know that there was many <laughs> there people was clamoring for an eraser remake or sequel or whatever but uh i i guess the whole premise of it is like let's make you know this like wit sec program with this u.s marshal who erases people and and imbue it with uh all of the technological advancements that have occurred in the past who's 20 in years. it nobody you'd know <laughs> Wait, whoa 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 you you are assuming <laughs> way i want look, seamus to answer this okay question. yes let's let's let seamus answer it look do you I can't believe that we're we're talking about Dominic Sherwood. Like he's <laughs> he's a, a piece of meat. You're like, right. Haven't you seen Penny Dreadful City of Angels oh on Showtime? God. Oh my god! Or Shadow Hunters: The Mortal Instruments? <laughs> or Partner Track, which is on Netflix? Is this a he Netflix does, series? He, he yeah. does look familiar. You also have Mr. Nathan Castle, star of Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. From 2021. 2021? Vampire Oops. Academy. 
Yeah, I feel like most of the people in this in the, in the sequel are probably in some sort of vampire series. They all they all kind of met in one place and they decided, hey, let's make a movie. Though, well, right. I guess the rights just went up for um, sale at one point, and it was. It dirt feels cheap. like yeah. that's what's happening with a lot of stuff. Where I'm like, like these announcements of like the most random films getting like either a sequel made or like a reboot, and I'm just like. I haven't, I haven't like thought about that movie or, or yeah. even like considered it in, in, you know, 30 years. And I think it is, that it's just like rights come up and everyone knows that like people just love stuff that like existed before. So like, why not make it? I, I do think about like for the longest time, I couldn't understand the theatrical model of all of those, like um, the movies that Bruce Willis made. Yeah. While he was yeah. he was starting to like develop dementia. But I hear then I hear stories about like like grandpas and dads who are watching these movies. That's just what I was telling Carly. Seamus. Yeah. Exact conversation. So, so, I was equally as incredulous as you were. I was yeah. like, how can this be profitable? Redbox. Redbox rentals. Like most of the movie watching public in our country uh are largely you know non-discerning folks with pretty kind of populist basic palettes for movies who aren't on twitter who aren't on twitter who don't know you know the names like ernst lubitsch or joseph von sternberg <laughs> or something like that you know they just want to i, I love some... the little twins you give for for all their last <laughs> names <laughs> thank, thank you seamus i appreciate that uh you know, these are these are not those those freaks that we hang out with on Twitter all day. Uh, okay. So somebody watched it. Somebody rented it from a red box. Somebody streamed it on Amazon for ninety nine cents. Like it, it happened. Somebody, right? But but not enough people. To yeah, like a critical mass of bodies. Who knows? Who's who's it's to bizarre. say? It's bizarre. But I mean, this actually reminds me that you know one of the points I wanted to bring up was that not only is there a a reboot uh, sequel kind of film to this movie there's also uh, a video game spinoff that i that i played in right. the 90s oh my that. god called eraser turnabout and it was a pretty like standard like you know like shooter game kind of in the vein of like area 51 at the arcade except it was it was designed for you know pc computers it came for free in a package of cd-rom video games that I received with the first gateway desktop computer that my my parents bought for us in Sounds 1997. Right. Um, I was not very good at the game, but I did remember at the time feeling like, oh yeah, I know what this movie is. I remember that it had Schwarzenegger in it. Like it, it felt pretty, you know, pervasive societally, at least for like that six months after it released. That I was like, okay, I'll play this game. I'll play Eraser Turnabout, and I still remember it as one of those like early like computer experiences I had. I can't I can't speak to its quality objectively, but uh, I do remember it. The guns, speaking of video games, the rail guns, um, our friend Kurt reminded us, were actually included. Like the, the same model, the look and feel of them, the sort of like light blaster, like orb shit that shoots out of them. They were included in an N64 game called Perfect Dark. The I have heard of guns that game. from this movie. It's it's a good game. I I don't I didn't remember the connection there, but 
alongside uh goldeneye it was one of the like very well regarded like first person shooters on the n64 that one i mean there probably isn't a connection other than they were like these guns rule and we want to put them in the video yeah these guns fucking rock (laughs) right i feel like they did that with like call of duty after like lock stock and two smoking barrels had like uh vinnie jones like talking about the desert eagle right they made, like the desert eagle and like all the call of duty games like you're like kick-ass like sidearm piece yep. yeah i don't know there's always things like that happening in video games what do they still make like video game spin-offs of movies i feel like that doesn't happen anymore like at Good all question I, I, it's more like franchise stuff right like like the big one right now that i know a lot of you know my gamer friends are playing is like a new star wars like spin-off game jedi yeah. survivor which is i mean you know it, it, it's more of a property than it is like a film spin-off right. but I there's, don't know. The, there's that kerfuffle over the harry potter video game that they just made recently right sure right, like kind of like open world like hogwarts game or whatever but I do yeah, think lazy, you bring yeah. up a good point, Seamus, which is an interesting like thing to think about in terms of like just sort of like the machinations of the market around movie making in the 90s, which is like I do remember there being more like cross category marketing associated with like consuming a movie through various products. Right. Like the film itself is a product, but then you also had like video games and then. There's like the whole, like, we were talking about this with Deep Blue Sea, soundtracks were like a big thing, right? Like you'd have like music video releases and, um, and like, like musicians actually like touring with like the music from these films that, that they were, um, soundtracking with. And then like, also like, you know, the fast food tie-ins and things like that. Now it feels like the, the kind of like the singular experience of like uh, watching a movie is like all that there is and, and all these other like products that existed kind of in and around it are not, are not much as a factor, which is an odd thing to say, considering I feel like we live in a more kind of like connected economy where like things are very like um, contingent on one another but it doesn't feel like there are as many sort of like artifacts being made along with films. I think things move too fast now. Yeah. I think uh, like, what is that red letter media thing? Like watch product, get ready to like consume other product or something like that. (laughs) It's that kind of thing. It's not like, you know, this is a, a different kind of less capitalistic time. It's, it's, it's slightly more so. Mm -hmm. Yes. They did a whole concert tour. I saw a shirt in a thrift store for the concert tour of the eye to eye guy from the Goofy movie. Oh my yeah. god! They did they did yeah. a tour with him. Yes, and I can't I cannot conceive of a movie being in the a singular movie being in the zeitgeist long enough to justify a multi-continent tour yes. of a single character from <laughs> from a movie. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, I don't know. I mean, in, in some ways, I, I would like to return to that kind of ability to focus, but I don't, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to pretend to say that like, yeah, it, it was less about, about making money. It was about making a ton of, of, of goddamn money. Yeah. It's it's not like you said that it is any less capitalistic. It's more just that the 
the sort of experience of being a consumer within that landscape was a different one um, than, than it is now. And I think like a, a, a big thing that I come back to is just like how, how mediated the experience of like being a consumer is now. Whereas like in the nineties, there were still, you know, like live experiences, right? Like even just the fact that the eye to eye guy, like you could go see him like perform live in front of you. Um, and that now it, it really is more about sort of like moving through these avenues of, of digital mediation. And that's kind of like how you interact not only with products, but with other people too. And, and that allows things to become, you know, increasingly exploitable and, and then everything becomes a market, um, including your interactions with other human beings. Shutter Island, the Martin Scorsese movie, mm-hmm. had a mm-hmm. movie at a video game tie-in as well. Oh, uh, okay. It was a point-and-click adventure game. If you play, if you were to play that game first, you would never know any of the uh, the like how the film actually functions. Because <laughs> what what what's 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 the film itself? Oh, uh, a man um, is so Leonardo DiCaprio is so haunted by his inability to save his wife from killing herself that he imagines himself massacring Nazis. Uh, during yep. the Holocaust as revenge. <laughs> uh, or you could play the point and click game where it's uh, find something that's amiss in this room and report it back to me. Wow. Uh, I find all three of them. Oh um, my God. And you have to. I just, ima- yeah. I, I just imagine it with Shutter like a box Island. of Rice Krispies, like promoting Shutter <laughs> Island with like the characters on it. And like on the back, there's like a little like thing with like the, the URL that's like, ask your parents before going online oh my to God. play the Shutter Island <laughs> video game. What the fuck? Or some sort of like Splinter Cell game where you have to like quietly and covertly plan to assassinate Jimmy Hoffa. Oh you my know, God. like it's gotta like <laughs> do it and then escape without okay. getting caught. I would like totally play that actually. <laughs> You do like you do like a dialogue tree with with the priest where all of them are, are like right. I don't feel bad about all the people that I killed. <laughs> Pass the speech check to to make the priest forgive me anyway. Oh my yeah. God. The last choice is like from the nurse where she like comes up and she's like, "Shall I leave the door open?" And there's an extra <laughs> yes and why. From- <laughs> you have the Sega CD. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like you got three frames where the door is like kind of moving, so that it, oh it's cool. If there's motion in it. <laughs> okay, all right. See, we're getting somewhere now. There's an opportunity here. Yeah. So, so speaking of all of this, though, as it like pertains to Eraser and like the actual like political textures of the movie, there's a thing that I was kind of getting out of this. And tell me if I'm like you know a bridge too far here with this, but there is this interesting thing going on that I feel like is about even sort of like subconsciously this sort of idea of the globalism and the global economy of the era being like this sort of threatening, scary, uncertain thing for domesticity and like the American way of like the previous generation. All of the action set pieces happen for the most part up until like the end and like the shipping area. And even that is kind of like about, you know, like the union guys and, and even like homegrown, good old fashioned American Italian organized crime. Right. All of these things are under threat from like the nefarious players in the government partnering with these foreign uh, adversaries now and, and doing so because 
our borders are open and we're we're facilitating this sort of like capitalist project across all of these you know previously walled up economies i don't know that maybe i'm going too far here but uh, you know just the, the first like major shootout happening with like this new emp gun that they're about to sell to russian terrorists being able to look directly into your heart through the walls of your home, your home. to me yeah. feels like a very kind of like uh. this might be saying something here no i i think you're i think you're spot on i it's it's kind of summed up for me in james Kahn his derisive comment about like, I can't believe you just hit me with this mail order piece of shit. Like it's kind of saying like, you know, despite the fact that he is the person like ushering in the, uh, this sort of like permeation permeating of borders. There is this idea that like something, something like deeply American is being threatened um, I, I don't, I don't know, Seamus, what do you think? I, that feels right to me. I, th- I think you're onto something there. I haven't really thought about that specific angle too much, but I do think about the fact that the villain is Russian again, mm-hmm. like yep. in the context of how so many villains are Russian. And initially my first thought is, oh, uh, Russians, I mean, we can't, you know, can't catch a break after the, <laughs> the fall of communism. They still right. have to be the bad guy. But then there's a different dimension to this. Like this is 96. It's not the good old days of like, um, I'm thinking of tango and cash. Yeah. 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 Where being Russian is now cool. And it's like, uh, we're, we're buddies and it's all fun and, and, and games. And it's, it's great times for everybody. We're now firmly in the end game. And, Mm -hmm. It's turned out awfully and uh, crime and poverty is rampant in Russia and American capitalism and military um, profiteering is enabling. Yeah. Like, like you said, this, this intrusion into domesticity, this intrusion into your ability to fulfill the American dream. Um, Like, we should be able to live in a world where an Italian gangster could work at a gay bar and not have to fear <laughs> that there are electromagnetic rifles right. being, being yes. funneled around the world, fucking things up, you know? Yeah. We should be um, able to enjoy the zoo without worrying that, you know, this global threat is going to destroy the reptile house and set the alligators loose. Yeah. They also closed the zoo six minutes early. <laughs> because there's a police intervention. Outrageous. 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 Like, think about a public utility like a zoo. I guess many of them a are for profit. A public utility I, like I, the zoo. I, I, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, where our zoo is wonderful, also publicly funded, so yes. free to the public. Yeah. So Ooh. a public utility like the zoo closing early and sending people away while they're still enjoying mm. the River's Edge exhibit with the African elephants absurd to me the zoo infuriating the zoo boss whoever whatever he is even <laughs> the, said, zoo boss. the zoo boss <laughs> i don't know what to call it. I, I know but like... the zoo capo the zoo, zoo capo even says but there are people still inside they're still enjoying they're yeah. still enjoying the let, zoo. let these people enjoy a zoo this what is gives American you way. the freaking right to come in here and try come to muck things up. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm seeing it now. 
nephew's pal. New York. You're off course. No, no, no. No, we're not. You're gonna take us to it, John. You did a very, very bad thing, John. You killed Monroe. you them all. No. It makes you a murderer. Easy, John. I'm a businessman. Very, very serious businessman. A businessman? Selling weapons with your old CIA pals, huh? Is it just the money? Or are you trying to start your own dirty little war somewhere? Wars. Wars. Wars, John. John, John. I mean, wars, they come and go. What? We did Nam, we lost. We did the Gulf, we won. Hey, what changed, John? Nothing. Nothing ever does. The only difference is who gets rich and who gets dead. Personally, John, I prefer rich, huh? You must be a very rich man by now. You know, it doesn't have to end like this, John. I can make you part of it, a big part. All you have to do is give up the girl. What do you say? Drop your gun. What? If you drop your gun now, I promise I won't kill you. I did scream out loud when he shoots the alligator and says your luggage to it. <laughs> I was like, Splatters yeah. that alligator's brains all over the exhibit. And just, over. Just goes all over it. his former home and then just proceeds to insult him. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated it, you know? Ruthless. There is one really great line in here that I just want to make sure I say because, like, I, I loved it. There are a lot of really great lines um, that made me, like, laugh out loud. But um, James Kahn, at one point, is, like, talking about how, like, uh, they need to, you know, set up a manhunt for Arnold Schwarzenegger's character because he's they're p- positing that he's the mole um which of course he's not James Conn is uh and James Conn says I want this town on him so tight it'll make his balls ache and it's the way he says <laughs> balls they say balls in this movie with an Italian American accent balls like 40 times and like I love it every single time. <laughs> Chuck Chuck Russell, he knows how to have actors play to their strengths. He really does. Well, yeah. Yeah. He and really, really does. Every every everybody's everybody's perfectly calibrated. And of course, part of that part of that is letting James Kahn say things how he wants to say them. Yes. And, yeah, I want to well. hear him say bulls. I want to hear him say it. <laughs> he, I mean he can't do like we said, he can't put in a bad performance. Uh, it's not lost on me that this movie actually comes out the same year as Bottle Rocket, which uh, Wes Anderson's first feature, where he's playing kind of a, a a parody version of maybe like his like Sonny character from from the Godfather, from the Godfather. movies, yep. you know, oh, kind absolutely. of like an aging, like more suburban kind of small time gangster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just seemed like, yeah, maybe he was kind of in a generous mood in this era of his career. Right. He's like, yeah, I'll do that Schwarzenegger movie and just like, you know 
chew up the scenery for a couple of scenes. And, I'll do karate in this Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I'll, you know, uh, it just seemed like maybe that was the kind of the tip he was on. But he's he's welcome here. I love him in this. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, it is that thing that you're saying, Seamus, about like everyone being kind of perfectly calibrated. And like, you know, I, I know we, you know, kind of took a couple of shots at, at Vanessa Williams. But Arnold is is not a great actor either. He never has been, right? He's he's. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, say okay. he plays to his strengths often. He's a smart performer. He has sure. comic chops because he's a very charismatic human being. But in the realm of like actual, you know, I, I think like elasticity to his face, to his voice, to the kind of th- like like the kind of thing that like James Coburn is doing with his voice here while he's like sitting as still as a stone sometimes like there's a difference there. I I love Arnold. I think he's like the greatest action star of his generation, a fierce competitor. I'm not kidding when I say like I would have voted for the man for president probably if he were like able to run despite his politics and mind being very different. Uh, But Khan is a level above leads here you know like there's there's no arguing that sure i think i think my 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 defense of of schwarzenegger as as an actor is mostly informed by the movies that he's done now later on yeah in that Mm -hmm. he's done quite a few movies in which he does the i don't know how familiar you are with like van damme's later stuff that he's been doing Um, very we've seen a little bit of like the the universal soldier stuff but not anything really beyond that he does. They do kind of similar things in which they're kind of old now, and they're pretty grizzled, mm-hmm. and they just let that oeuvre that they have kind of like do the acting for them. Yeah. They, they um, oh, yeah. like uh, uh, Van Damme was in a was in a, a French movie that came out here a couple of years ago, where he plays like a like a deadbeat dad. And he's just kind of looking at like I can't communicate this through audio, but wow, you guys can see like like. Like he's just staring, like really. Oh my god! Like, like out out there, and um, he, he lets he lets that do it. And Schwarzenegger in um, Aftermath, the Darren Aronofsky produced movie about mm. a plane crash that kills his family, mm. does well enough in that. Um, uh, and uh, Maggie. Um, oh. The one that he did with Abigail Breslin, where his okay. he, his daughter uh, turns into a zombie or something like that. Yeah, stupid, yeah, yeah. Oh my shit. god! Um, but um, both of them, he he, in his old age, he has learned patience and he has learned how to deliver things yeah. <laughs> properly. Um, uh, he cries in Maggie. He delivers real on-screen tears. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. The movies are not good, but <laughs> Schwarzenegger himself but he is good. He is good, which is a shocking thing to say that like Schwarzenegger outacts everyone else in a film, but he does it I, twice. I would watch those movies for that performance. I I love him for all the reasons you're saying in Sabotage. I think he's actually really incredible in that movie. And it's because of everything you said. He is like really letting his age do the acting and the patience that he's learned, but also still has a certain level of charisma that like allows him to like 
operate deftly around you know other actors doing more acrobatic things i i would watch those movies for his performance 100 percent. i i find myself very forgiving of um people who used to be very bad actors who have like improved oh yeah uh, yeah clearly improved a great deal i mean you saw and I, also, yeah. I also think there's like something to be said about like actors aging and that becoming like an asset right mm-hmm. like because we don't really allow for that in hollywood i've i've like made this argument several times about why i really like what liam neeson is doing in the later stages of his career because in these films his age is like of material importance to the the plot like it's not like oh he's a guy and he's just trying to do the thing he's always done it's like i don't know if you saw memory but like the the fact that he's like old is like very important to the film and it actually makes like the the tension of the film like realized and um and palpable and i i i wish we did that more with aged actors i'm thinking of like i mean i I don't want to go into much of a tangent about this but i'm thinking also about um you know how how age was able to like bring something out of of lauren bacall's performance and dogville Mm -hmm. i'm so shocked that she made it that far i thought oh my god I, i used to think that yeah, 1940s firmly in that era, but she she acted for that long. Action stars in particular, I I love seeing how they respond, how they they take it. Um, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan's filmography that he's done recently is not really well known in America, but he's been doing kind of a similar thing. Yeah, um, he also uh, did a Martin Campbell movie, uh, the, Foreigner, the Foreigner, with him and Pierce. Yeah, Brown, which I'm was pretty I'm, good. I liked him in that one. I really. I, I actually I did enjoy that one too, and I also I I told my mother about that movie, and <laughs> I, I I I I we could not get past the fact that uh, Pierce Brosnan is so obviously supposed to be Jerry Adams, right? Um, oh my god! It's so yeah. It's one one. It is, and and also I I do I did remember because I obviously as an Irish person I I enjoyed the film. Um, like what it would have dealt with, but I read reviews from people in China who saw the movie who did not give a shit about the actual plot because who on earth would care about the Northern Ireland conflict right. if you live in like Shanghai? Right. It's of no, it's of no relevance to you at all. But it's for some reason a huge part of this movie that's that's co-produced with China. Um, yeah, no, I, I I appreciated it uh, a, a, a good deal, and then Jackie Chan. His face is sad. It's old. Mm-hmm. It's grizzled. It's yeah. it's it's tired. Yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 the key. That's the key thing, I think. For sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, like if we're if we're talking about Arnold and we're talking about you know maybe his fiercest competitor in the realm of Hollywood throughout his career, that would be probably Sly, right? Like he, oh, yeah. he and and Sly were uh, like battling it out for the 80s i think sly probably wins in that case you know he's got uh i don't know he's got his rocky series he's got the the rambo series but it's interesting to see the trajectory they take schwarzenegger certainly dominates the early 90s as as opposed to to stallone and then when we get to this point like mid to late 90s 
Arnold's star is like still there. He's still able to capitalize on things like this. And Stallone just kind of like takes a, a major like digression from this and starts doing things where he's trying to do he like he did some comedies earlier in the era. He did like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh and then he does Copland. Copland. Yeah. Which I think is just like in in a like a genuinely like excellent superlative performance He's from Sly. Incredible. No, Sylvester movie. Stallone is a good actor. He is a he good is. actor. Yeah, like... <laughs> He's a very, very talented actor. And I love what he's done as he's aged too. Like specifically in you know the Creed movies, the way he's taken that character of Rocky Balboa and, and incredible and given him like this really uh deep like emotional kind of core to him. That that was all already there, but specifically about him as like an aging legend of that kind of realm. Uh, yeah, I, I think both of them have done really interesting work after this kind of like just over the peak. Dolph Lundgren also in, in the Creed movies. Yeah, he, yeah. His acting, his acting abilities have really uh, improved. And I remember in, uh, I think in Creed 2 specifically when um, I think that's the one that he, he appears in where yeah. he brings his son to that, that dinner where it's all the people that, that hated him and his second front so about it. And just like the anguish on Lundgren's face as he's trying to like, like just face what his life has, has been like. Yeah. I, I you know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, like all these action stars, the way that they sort of like age and all of them have for the most part, like aged gracefully, you know, they're still, you know, uh, kind of like lumbering. They've, they've, added a little bit of kind of a readiness to their voice, a patience, a learned patience that you said, Shane. Yes, Arnold's out here playing with his ponies. He's playing with his ponies. He's telling us not to go to restaurants. He's he's telling us why Putin's bad. Like, all that good stuff. (laughs) I enjoy him. The only person that hasn't aged well is, again, I think Seagal. Because he never yeah. had anything oh, to begin oh, with. Oh my god! Oh that that man that man has been ready for the tombstone for um, <laughs> a God knows God longer. knows how long. Really oh has. my god! Um, I I mean I I hate to to go back to this, but I do wonder like because Schwarzenegger loves politicking. I do wonder like how Schwarzenegger would have like done the presidency. I because he he could have absolutely done it. He could yeah, have. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, like, bits and bobbles we've heard of him over the last few years when he's sort of, like, come out and give, like, a public statement as, like, a PSA or whatever to be like, I'm actor Arnold Schwarzenegger and you will listen to me because I'm the Terminator. Like, I, I have appreciated his kind of, like, he's deeply conservative we know that but he it's it's sort of balanced at least nominally with um a kind of humanism that i i th- that i think is genuine like he he has like a a a level of reverence for like life and nature and like people that is is real i think and so like i don't know i would take that over like fucking joe biden <laughs> i would he, he he wisely focuses in on uh environmentalism um yes. taking a strong position on that and also uh connecting his is it i i do appreciate that his stance on uh, like like trump conservatives is informed not solely because he's like an old school republican but also because his father was a literal nazi 
Right. Um, that I imagine animates things more with, with more conviction uh, <laughs> for you. Yep. I, uh, it would for me. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, God, I, I was, I do wonder, like, has he abandoned, like, can he speak with an American accent now? Did he, I mean, cause I, I, I lived in California briefly, but not while he was governor. And it seems like whenever he says like, uh, like California, like he's, he's kind of like putting on airs. Yeah. 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 No, he can't. No. He can't oh, still? an American okay. accent. It's part okay. of his charm, frankly. <laughs> well, sure. Like, he, but he still I, I, has, like, he's got such a distinct voice, you know? Like, it's so, you know, like, it sticks in your mind. And I think, honestly, like, you know, if we're talking about, you know, the, the potential of, like, a, a Schwarzenegger presidency, we live in the timeline where we got the terrible version of that we deserve, which is, like, I think a lot of Americans genuinely want, like, a celebrity president and we got that with trump but trump is like the like horrible dark mirror inverse of all the things that like schwarzenegger stands for which is like a genuine achievement of the american dream and like you know like an actual like uh kind of rationality to his like politics and his posture someone of like you know a, a certain level of like he's he's worked a day in his life you've seen him yeah. kind of uh uh <laughs> do, yeah. his, do his thing he's he worked has. he's worked every day in his life I, I was just maybe you saw yesterday Seamus I was posting about him but I was on like a, a kick yesterday and rewatched Pumping Iron yeah. before we put this movie on and you, that's what got me thinking about this line where I'm like he's like one of the fiercest competitors who's ever lived. He was like obsessed with just like everything it took to like push himself to the next level. He's incredibly dedicated. I do. I do wonder, you know, after it just kind of reinforces also like what's so feels so bleak about what's coming after this in terms of action stars, because yep. right. Tom Cruise is on his way out. It's yep. just, that's just, uh, you know, kinetic energy. The man's right. um, almost 60 now, right? Yeah. Yep. Jesus Christ. As soon yeah, as he, he stops moving, he will just disintegrate. Like, you know, it's like, as long as he keeps rolling, like he's fine. But as soon as he sits still for a moment, it's just... I think over. he's just going to become like a, a magical vapor. That is more ethereal. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like a silver fox kind of beauty that just hovers and yeah, everything. Glimmers. Yeah, yeah. I try. I try to think of other people, and I think of. I mean, what like Frank Grillo, yeah. who's good, but he's oh, not yeah. that I'm kind of action. He's not that kind of action, like martial arts star. Scott Adkins, I think, has unfortunately missed his chance to be like a mainstream mainstream star. He's in mm -hmm. his forties now. Um, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Makes make, makes me depressed. Makes me makes me upset. We had, this, we had this exact conversation last week on the show, and we were talking about A Few Good Men, so not even one of Tom's, like, action vehicles, you know? But this exact thing, that they're just, like, there is no new class of movie star, bankable, and, and action star specifically. Because the genre itself has fundamentally disintegrated yeah. into something very different. There are now action movies that exist really only as, like, perversions of comic book stories right like that's mm -hmm. how we get action films now or we get something like ghosted which is just straight up fucking state propaganda what is um, ghosted that, 
It's oh the, my god! It's the new uh, Anna de Armas and Chris Evans movie. It's, that's it's regardless. It's bad. It's on Manzana TV. It's it's on Apple <laughs> TV here in the states. Um, but it's like it's not uh it's not an action movie that's there to be an action film, right? It's it's there to deliver a political message, and where I think action films have always done that to a certain extent, but that has been a secondary like frequency of the film not the main sort of tenor of its existence and so there there just isn't like the genre has changed in such a way that these types of action stars don't can't germinate in hollywood anymore because there's no um there's no films for them to go do that in somebody else said this but like um the idea that you don't go to see like a Wesley Snipes or Schwarzenegger or, or anything kind of film, you go to see the flash film or you go yes. to see yeah. the Superman film. Yes. And those roles can be interchanged um, out and in. And that's kind of how it's been for, for a long time, but it's really accelerated at this point. And uh, I always wonder like, there has to be a point in which the diminishing returns of this snap, uh, make things, you know, you know, you know, you snap out of it, but it keeps not happening. Yep. And yep. it makes me gravely concerned for what's going to happen when it just stops working entirely and there's no plan uh, to to get those kinds of things rolling again. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a larger... It's a larger discussion about the state of filmmaking in general. Well, and I think of like all sort of commodity industries, right? Like that is how I feel about like every, every sort of aspect of our consumer landscape feels like it's ratcheting up at this tilt of, um, you know, just extreme, uh, the extreme, demands of ostentatious return uh and and profit margins are going to break at a certain point in in all of these industries and you know what's going to be left is like a bunch of people like sitting behind some screens like not knowing what the fuck to do or how to talk to each other (laughs) like i think about that a lot actually (laughs) We probably shouldn't end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there there is a question here. It's it also does kind of feel like it's. I mean, I might end up swallowing my words and you know, like egg on my face here in another six months. But it feels like we're kind of at an inflection point where there, well, maybe not a a clear path, at least an opportunity for something to fill the void left by these bigger like studio IPs and like superhero movies like collapsing. We've got the last of the guardians of the galaxy movies definitively the last they have said who knows uh people seem excited about it even people who are usually pretty like not into those kinds of things i've heard that it's all right uh but the joke going around is that you know a a bunch of people are coming out to like go and see this last guardians movie and then promptly quit the marvel cinematic universe uh, they had really awful returns on their last Ant-Man movie, like everything that's kind of been grafted onto this new phase of whatever, um, you know, not that it was planned by any means, but you've also now got an entire like franchise arc built around Jonathan Majors, who has become uh, kind of persona mm-hmm. non grata because of his uh, actions 
And so it kind of does feel like there's this, it's teetering, you know, like if, if it hasn't fully gone over the edge yet, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe these things will just like stop outperforming everything else at the box office and, and in Hollywood at some point, maybe we'll have, you know, some opening and room here for something different. And then it's just James Cameron for the next 20 years. And then it's just Avatar sequels until yeah, 20, 2040. You know, I, at least those are properly made. If I can end on a positive note then. Please, please, um, Seamus. They're, they're in France. There is positivity. There is a, there is a different way. Um, I, think I, I think I posted about this yesterday. Um, I, I go to a lot of movies here, multiplexes and independent theaters alike. And I think I've seen more trailers for uh, the new uh, Kelly Reichardt movie showing yeah. up um, than I have for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. Nice. Um, you see ads for it everywhere. Um, there, is, there is a possibility for a different kind of cinema-going culture if you want it. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's there. It's, it works. Uh, pe- people, people like it. It's, it's loyal. Um, I wish that in this respect, in this respect alone, I wish that America was more like France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By any means, I am like so glad you brought us this film, Seamus. Like I, I really enjoyed watching it and like enjoyed it even more like talking about it with you. Um, it's, it's an honor. Uh, the, the honor, the honor is all mine or, or whatever the, the phrase is. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> No, well, we're we're so thankful to you, Seamus, for for bringing Eraser to us, uh, and for for reaching out, for asking to to appear on our program, for breaking your own protocol and code, uh, and for joining us today, uh, Seamus. Where can people find you and your work around the internet? Uh, they can find me primarily on Twitter, Seamus underscore Malik. Uh, on there, uh, I have two Substacks: one where I write about international affairs. Uh, it's just my name. It'll be in the, the info box. And I also have one where I write about uh, obscure and lesser known film uh, at Burt Nitrate. It'll also be down there. Uh, I would encourage you all to, to subscribe to both. All of them. Please do. We'll link to both of them as well. Uh, from our end of things, you can follow along with us at Hit Factory Pod. And you can DM me asking to come on the show there, uh, like Seamus did. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash hitfactorypod, where we have bi-weekly bonus episodes uh, that you can subscribe to and listen for just $5 a month. It's a great deal. Tell your friends. We will shout out our overlords. Their names are Linda, Jesse K, Jared Murray, Omar. Thank you all for your continued support. And we will see you all the next time. Take care.
Yeah.